This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. IGN made a strong statement in support of Black Lives Matter last week, and we here at GameScoop also support the fight against racism and police brutality. This week's GameScoop was part of IGN's Summer of Gaming live event. That means the format is a little bit different than a regular episode, but we still have lots of great discussion for you on this week's big PlayStation 5 event. We didn't get to play Video Game 20 Questions, but we'll try to record an extra 20 Questions episode for you next week. Without further ado, please to enjoy this special edition of GameScoop. Right now, I'm here with Tina Amini, Sam Claiborne, and Lucy O'Brien. What's up, everybody? Hey. Hi, Damon. Hello there. Uh, thank you for joining me on this uh, very special edition of GameScoop, part of IGN's Summer of Gaming. We've got to talk about uh, Sony's PlayStation 5 Future of Gaming event yesterday. Uh, first, give me your sort of overall impressions. What did you think of the show? Let's start with Tina. Sure. Yeah. I mean, twofold, right? Like I thought the games were really amazing. They had 37 games, which is really impressive. Um, There's something exciting about every single one of them. We got to see the actual console design finally. So just a really big news drop there. And honestly, I was just overall impressed with the production value in general, especially given, you know, work from home mandates and, and working and living through the quarantine. So I thought they did a really good job. It was exciting to watch. Lucy, you're a, you're a regular cast member of our PlayStation podcast, Podcast Beyond, and I know you uh, did a bunch of pre- and post-show coverage of the event yesterday. What were your overall impressions? Okay, first of all, Beyond. Second of all, I <laughs> thought that uh, I thought that this show was great. I think, uh, you know, as Tina said, there was a great lineup of games. Um, it really, Sony really positioned itself as, like, this is the holiday console. You know, these are the games you're only going to get uh, be able to get on PlayStation 5. A lot of them were very family-friendly. I really think that that was a smart play on their part. Uh, and, you know, the, the console itself, it's wild. It's ridiculous. I love it. I think it's just like overall, it was just a really, really fun show. And I think uh, Sony is kind of 
in the lead now when it comes to this console race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Sam, I know you've been doing a lot of gaming on Xbox this generation. Did the uh, conference yesterday do anything to sort of change your mind about where you'll be spending your time next gen? You know, there's so many games across both systems that are awesome. I think like you're going to be fine with either system at this point. But man, I really like yesterday's show because I always say this. I don't really care how the console looks, although this one looks kind of goofy and I don't really want it (laughs) outside of my home console. I kind of want to put it in a cabinet. We'll see how that goes. But I do think the games are really important to focus on. And man, there are such such a huge variety of games. And one thing that I need to do is start like seeing previews of these games, which we're doing and stuff like that, because I want to see what they look like in like super high res, glorious 4K, because all I've seen is like, my best YouTube setup, you know? And like, I can't really see if they look different in next gen, but they look fun. And that's, what's awesome. We have like, what was it, Tina? 37 new fun games to check out now. That's so cool. Exactly. That's really cool. I can't, I can't wait. I was, I was a little bit shocked at how many games uh, there were in the conference yesterday. Also, it just, it's crazy to think that, you know, uh, Sony backed out of E3 last year. They weren't planning on coming this year, but then mm-hmm. E3 gets canceled, and now Sony's back with an E3-level conference the week of when E3 would have been, and like, Microsoft is nowhere to be seen. It's just a crazy... 2020 is a wild ride for all of us, Damon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, so, the presentation from home are so good. They're like, they're like, so like, they're just like, just show the trailer. Show the, there's nobody walking around and pacing. And honestly, yeah. I was a little bit amazed that they were able to get people like cut out on black backgrounds for the interviews that they had. Like, I don't really know how they pulled that off. But look at our crazy stuff back here. But they looked really pro. And I think they, they did a really good job just showing the important stuff. And I like that. So as, as the event was going on and we just kept seeing game after game after game, I started to wonder if they were going to show the hardware. But of course, they did, they did at the end reveal the PlayStation 5 hardware. And it has been, um, well, I don't know. It's, it's been a talking point for sure. It is a wildly different console design. I'm in the camp. I think it's a little, uh, it's a little gaudy. And I much prefer the sort of uh, stylish, classy Xbox Series X design. But I know that uh, apparently I'm in the minority there. 68% of IGN readers say they love the PlayStation 5 console design. I know Sam seems to agree with me. Lucy is a little bit more in favor of it. Uh, Tina, how do you feel about it? I think I'm in the like 10 or whatever other remaining percent of IGN polled readers that just don't really care. Um, I'm fine with it that way. You like, it's going to be the system that I play, hopefully the amazing games that they showcased uh, in the conference the other day. And that's the thing that I have my mind most on. And then the controller, which looks comfortable and maneuverable because that's obviously the vehicle by which we are experiencing the game. So the console, I'll, I'll throw it up next to my TV. I don't mind either way. Hmm. Yeah. It is pretty cool. That's in white. That's very different. That is very different. I like the design of the controller a lot, uh, but I think the console's, the console's pretty ugly to me. I don't know. We have a, a quote from Sony Interactive Entertainment president Jim Ryan explaining the design choice today. He said the PlayStation sits in the living area of most homes, and we kind of felt it would be nice to provide a design that would really grace most living areas. That's what we tried <laughs> to do, and you know, we think we've been successful in that. Uh, Jim Ryan, my, my wife would beg to differ with you. There's no yeah. way she would let me have this but like, But like, what, what does Jim Ryan's living room look like if that is kind of like, <laughs> you know, just, a, just a, like an easy thing to slip into it? I mean, I, I, you know, I just think this design is bonkers. It looks like, you know, it's basically the sort of the gaming console equivalent of racing stripes on a car. It's just so silly and I love it. I love it because every other game console of the last generation has been so conservative with its design. And this is just so ridiculously out there. 
I think it looks yeah. like a uh, Wi-Fi router. Like those, they keep on yep. trying to like attract people by adding antennas and fins and stuff to Wi-Fi routers. I think that's kind of the same idea. What I do think is cool about this is that when this is a retro console, it will look so retro. <laughs> like it's not. It's like the NES. Like it looks like a VCR. Like it's just so funny to look back on old consoles. But some of them look stately and cool still. Like I think the PlayStation One looks really nice still. But man, this yeah. thing's gonna age in a really fun, cool way. <laughs> Well, so that's ironic yeah. because uh, Jim Ryan had also said that um, they wanted the design, A, yes, to look like a piece of furniture, um, which is funny, uh, but, and I guess it's big Ouch. enough to look like a piece of furniture. Uh, hey, his <laughs> quote's not mine. <laughs> um, but he said that they wanted it to be future facing to be a piece of equipment that looks like it's designed for the 2020s. So I don't know, is everything going to look like, you know, a spaceship in the future? I suppose so, if that's the the inkling that they've gotten for this design. I'm ready for 2020s. I'm ready. Uh, there you go. So it needs to be a little flopped open. They revealed two models. Of the play- <laughs> they revealed two models of the PS5: the standard one, and then a digital only edition that doesn't have the disc drive. Apparently, that's the only um, difference between the two. But that was a surprise to me. Uh, Lucy, were you were you surprised by the digital only edition of PS5? I was actually more surprised with the um, with the one that had the disc inclusion. Actually, it really felt looking at the two that the digital one was the was that design. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then like the mm-hmm. disc drive one was kind of like, oh, where are we going to put the disc drive on this? Wow, Let's put it point. on the side. And it kind of looks like it's you know the digital one that's kind of had a little hernia going on, you know. But um, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm I'm really pleased that gamers have the option for both. I mean, you know, we all know that there are there are those of us who still really love our our, our physical media collection, and I don't I don't want to see that go away anytime soon. So I'm pleased that that PlayStation owners like and fans have the option for for the disc version. I didn't yeah. realize that until just now that the base for the one with the disc in it is also chunky. It's a yeah. different base. That's so funny. <laughs> Man, I'll yeah, never think of this in a different way, Lucy. You've completely <laughs> ruined or heightened my senses of this console. This is perfect. Uh, Just a it makes perfect sense too because like it's obviously having price differentiations is beneficial because then you're able to reach a larger audience if you're able to give them the two different um variances there but we haven't heard any news and jim ryan said that there's no plans to reveal the price anytime soon uh so it's difficult Mm -hmm. to say but uh i do find it funny uh, not totally surprising that they have a discless version um but i do find it funny that they've sort of formally unveiled it before microsoft who's been the ones uh, kind of working on this behind the scenes uh, before they've had a chance to formally reveal their option. Yeah, you know, the law really is point. if they don't reveal the price by the end of the summer, then it's free for everybody. So, <laughs> yep. That only have a few more we, don't make, we don't make up the rules. That's just yeah, the law. Yeah, that's the law. <laughs> okay, we need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. GameScoop will be right back. We'll be shining a spotlight on some of the standout games of the PS5 showcase. And I think everyone is in agreement that the real standout of the show was Stray, because apparently you play as a cat. <laughs> Yes. Well, we're all cat lovers here, so obviously we would say that. <laughs> Plus cats. Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, cats have always taken that kind of backseat, particularly in RPGs, like, same as dogs, I suppose, but, you know, cats. And um, I love the fact that we're actually going to be able to play as a cat in this weird cyberpunk world. And, and you know, I just think that, like, cyberpunk and, and cats together at last, it's a beautiful thing. R.I.P. humans. It's, Look, at least the robots are remembering A cat would never wear us. a backpack. Ever. 
you would never be able to get a cat to wear a backpack. I know in this weird, dark future, they've gotten cats to do things that cats would normally do, but I was pretty amazed by that. I mean, this is clearly strictly for cat survival, you know, the reason by which it has this accessory. So I think it's just adapting to the cyberpunk world around it. Like what, like, what no, wait, Sam, I want to know what, what things are the cats doing that they wouldn't normally do? What like dark okay, deeds have they this? been driven to do? <laughs> like the cat just had a, the cat just had a droid friend there. The cat would absolutely swat that out of the sky. <laughs> just, just nail it immediately. Not if it deems them potentially there for for treat opportunities. So, you know, we we don't know the full context between the cat and robot or sorry, droid relationship yet. It's just a trailer for now. Tina, what if this is not a game about being a cat? It's a game about leading a cat with cat treats. Yeah, I would rather be be the cat. I mean, environmental puzzles. (laughs) My cat would rather get the treats. It appears to be a world inhabited by robots where humans uh, are no more, uh, which actually reminds me of an episode of Love, Death, and Robots. I don't know if anyone uh, mm-hmm. saw that episode, but there's an episode where robots are, are touring a planet where humans used to live as tourists, and the only living creatures around are the cats, and the robots are really Aww. scared of the cats. Aww. Aww. Me a lot of that. Yeah, they became anyway, this the game looks really scared of them. That's great. <laughs> uh, that game looks awesome. Uh, but let's talk about Ratchet and Clank, and actually the, the subtitle escapes me. Rift Apart, is that right? Ratchet and Clank, yes. Rift Apart. That sounds familiar to me. To or me, Brian this Altano was the real... Rip a fart. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. Of course he Sorry. does. Uh, to me, this was like the real uh, demonstration, the, the real next-gen demonstration. And if, can you guys still hear me right now? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because yeah. it looks like the screen is frozen. Just making sure you guys are still here. Yep, yep, and yet. we're checking yeah. out Cool Thingy okay. Roll. Okay, good. Um, this is the, the really impressive next-gen showcase to me because they're using this sort of like interdimensional warp mechanic to warp between worlds instantly. So you're instantly loading an entirely different game world on the fly, which seems to really mm-hmm. be showcasing the speed of the PlayStation 5. What do you guys think about this one? Um, yeah, I just absolutely. want to jump in and say, like, like absolutely, with the it was the only, in my opinion, real showcase of the SSD at work. Um, I thought it was incredible. One thing I would really have liked was a little bit more of this uh, throughout the show in general. Like I think with the Spider-Man Miles Morales game, they could have shown us some gameplay because, as we know, that like that game is going to be all about speed and and swinging through massive environments that are going to load mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye. So I, I thought this was wonderful, but again, I really felt it was the only showcase of the SSD at work. Yeah, at least I agree. I think in general. Yeah, they had two, um, which was nice to see, like both of the options, the trailer and then the gameplay segment, too. Um, And I think in general, the place, the Sony conference really didn't have a lot to specifically say about what could be possible with the PS5. They did kind of recap um, some of their buzzwords, a lot of which obviously were about lighting. And I thought that Ratchet & Clank did a good job of showcasing that. I mean, obviously, it's a very lit up, bright um, animated game. Uh, but even you can see just like reflections on the on the ground, uh, just so impressive. And I'm guessing that's going to be part of that PS5 experience. But it would have been nice to see some of that a little bit more obviously in some of the other games, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, Tina made the point I was going to make that, that you, when you actually see the cinematic trailer turn into gameplay and you're like, oh, this is how fast this game is. That was really cool. And I agree with you guys in the next gen stuff. I, I'm worried about Ratchet and Clank because the series itself has always delivered really cool graphics and it's usually fun, but it's not, it never achieves that kind of Banjo Kazooie level of like 
or Mario Odyssey level of like exploring these areas. And I really like hope they really worked hard on that. And I think uh, the platforming has always been taken a backseat to the kind of, um, I don't know, the kind of like look of the game. It's a little bit more about the combat and all the the wacky gadgets that you have. Mm -hmm. Well, they sure nailed that that in the trailers. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. absolutely did. Um, And then also the long rumored uh, Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, Horizon, what, Forbidden... Forbidden, oh, West. Forbidden West. Forbidden West. Forbidden West. That's right. Finally, this was finally revealed. Um, I think this looks really cool. I know Sam will agree with me on this. The thing they have to do, if this is a non-negotiable for this game, you have to be able to climb everything in this game. Mm-hmm. If they need to, if, if they're going to make this, you know, people always can play Horizon to Breath of the Wild, right? And like, yeah. I think that it could be an amazing Breath of the Wild competitor if you can climb everything. Uh, they always seem to want you to actually swim everything, though, in this game. They show a lot of underwater stuff, and I think that's like the big gameplay expansion they want to tout. Yeah, I love that actually in the trailer, Aloy's kind of um, uh, narrating what you're going to be seeing in the sequel. So she's saying, I'm going into new depths. And then as she's floating under, uh, sorry, uh, kind of submerged underwater, um, and she's kind of giving a few tips and about what we're potentially going to see in the sequel. I thought the trailer itself mm-hmm. was just really well done and narrated by her. Mm-hmm. I think that like I'm 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 so excited for this one because uh, Zero Dawn was one of the most like gorgeous looking games of the last generation. Um, it's not the best looking game of the, of the last generation, at least on the you know the, the PlayStation Four. Um, and the thought of this on the PlayStation Five with areas that are That's able to be promising. created in such diff- uh, in such sort of like uh, with such detail. Uh, because one of the big things that Mark Cerny said was that we're going to be eliminating these kind of like broad open spaces that, you know, that need to just be kind of bland to fill like loading times in, right? And that's all going to be eliminated. And this is like the first really exciting open world we've seen on next gen. And like, I'm just, it gave me chills. It was my absolute game of the show. So the last game, it was a spoiler where it was set. Um, I remember uh, people were a little bit mad at me for kind of figuring that out while I was playing it. Um, but this one clearly is set on the West Coast and you can see Yosemite and Muir Woods and, and San Francisco. And I think that's like always fun to, for people that live on the West Coast to explore things and see how they uh, look in games. And I'm really excited about that in this game. Like I'm so excited to see that stuff. All right, we need to take another quick break, but don't go anywhere. Games will be right back. We'll be talking about Spider-Man, Resident Evil and much more. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. 
Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to a very special Game Scoop on IGN Summer of Gaming. Coming up after this is our Bloodborne charity speedrun, and later on we've got IGN Expo 3, jam-packed with trailers, exclusive reveals, and in-depth developer interviews. And don't forget, all Summer of Gaming long, we're asking you to give to the Bail Project and the World Health Organization by following the links in the video description or heading over to donate.ign.com. By donating, you'll have a chance to win codes for games like Resident Evil 3 or swag from companies like id Software. Donors who give more than $50 will have a chance to win a custom Summer of Gaming Xbox One X. We've already generated over $16,000. Major shout out to everyone who's been donating. So, so cool to see that. Let's get right back into it. Uh, we're talking about some of the highlights, some of the most exciting games from the PS5 conference yesterday. Let's talk about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, we, we've learned a little bit more information about this now. It's a, it's a standalone entry, not a full sequel. It'll, we should expect it to be similar in scope to something like Uncharted Lost Legacy. Um, Lucy, what was your uh, sort of impression about this game? Is this one exciting for you? This is very exciting for me. I love that it's set, uh, you know, in like Christmas time. And obviously I love the focus on Miles Morales because everyone loves him. Um, I am a little disappointed that like it was a sort of standalone uh, and that wasn't communicated up front. I think that it mm -hmm. could have gone a long way for someone just to have announced it and contextualized it before this trailer, which admittedly looks stunning, but I think that mm -hmm. there was a little bit of communication that could have gone a bit further around this one because, you know, people were expecting that this was Spider-Man 2 starring Miles Morales. That's what people want. So finding it's kind mm -hmm. of like a standalone is a, is, a, is a little disappointing. At the same time, I still think it's an awesome, awesome, awesome game for Sony to have out the gate with the PlayStation 5. Um, super family-friendly. Everyone loves Spider-Man, and it's filling that gap um, that, like, people who love pop culture are missing right now because of Hollywood shutdown, no MCU going on or anything yeah. like that. So it's an, it's an awesome, awesome game. I'm sure like I'm very excited for it, but yeah, standalone kind of disappointing. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and like Tino was saying, I think this would have been also would have been a good opportunity to show a, a good chunk of gameplay. You know, it's a sequel to a, a, a pre-existing game. You, assume they're going to be using a lot of the same assets. So it seems to me, and it's also since it's apparently a launch game for the PS5, it seems like they could have like walked us through a level or something or shown us a boss Yeah, I was going to mention that. that. Thought, this gotta... yeah. Sam or Tina. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Okay, yeah. 
or 2020, uh, <laughs> that means that like probably it's a launch game. We're, we only got the 2020 date because they're not going to tell us what the you know launch date is of the system. But it's really cool to have a Spider-Man game at launch, hopefully. And uh, I was really hoping to hear more about the launch lineup. But if this is like the only thing that we have on day one, everybody's going to play it. It's like the, the most natural game for everybody to get back into. The swing of things, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so for my part, yeah, I totally agree. There, there was some lack of clarity there, which was unfortunate because I think it sort of has dominated the conversation a little bit. Obviously, you know, the internet will move on, uh, especially as soon as we see any level of gameplay. And seeing gameplay would have been cool because they specifically uh, were saying that it's kind of an enhancement of some of the, um, and this mm -hmm. is where some of that confusion came into play, um, mm -hmm. calling it an enhancement, which is why some people were thinking, oh, is this a remaster with some expanded missions with Miles Morales? Uh, regardless, apparently a couple other people are also calling it uh, calling it an expand alone. So add that to your roster of video <laughs> wow. game okay. buzzwords. Um, but for my part, uh, I was kind of reflecting on the inside Xbox in May uh, and then obviously uh, yesterday's Sony conference um, and thinking about how many cool like psychological thriller horror games there were. And I know Lucy's with me on this. Like we're just big fans um, of that genre in general. So it was really exciting to see as personal fans of that. But um, Miles Morales' chapter in Spider-Man was exciting and specifically because it stood out as just a fun trailer. The music was mm -hmm. fun. Him like kind of leapfrogging around and swinging around was really fun. So it was exciting to see something uh, that looked like it was going to be great, not because it was going to be tormenting um, and, and really like dire, devastating, depressing storylines. Uh, obviously, there's a serious tone behind the storyline as well. But I just love that the trailer was coming across in this very like comic booky fun way. On a mechanical level, yeah. it's so cool to switch Spider-Man like that because he has different powers and you won't have to like come up with an excuse to take away everything you, you know, whatever gained like Metroid style, you know, like this is a separate standalone like power building game and you're going to move differently and uh, disable enemies differently. That's all good. Yeah, I just, I mean, going back to what you were saying, Damon, like it would have been really nice to have uh, just again to reiterate, just to have a little bit more of that SSD showcase happening here because of course and when we first heard about the playstation 5 in that wired article uh that was what mark cerny was talking about he 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 uh like showed the 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 reporter a level in spider-man and how quickly you could swing and load the world mm -hmm. uh compared to on the playstation 4 and just seeing that in action would have been mwah. <laughs> chef's kiss i believe chef's kiss i believe the especially um, for shattered dimensions uh... or something like that yeah, I think the uh, Oxford Dictionary announced that expand alone is the word of the year for 2020. Um, the other weird thing about Makes the other sense. weird thing about um, Spider-Man Miles Morales is that it's a, a standalone expansion to a PS4 game, but you you can only play it on PS5, right? Because they've announced yeah. that PS5 because Lost Legacy wasn't like a, a piece of DLC. Like you had to buy the game separately. So I think they're really trying to. I don't know yeah. why they're even. They should just call it a sequel. But I guess they're worried that like. People think it's too small or something, which kind of worries me. I don't really know. I just say it's just another Spider-Man game. Like, come on. I don't, I don't get it. Um, okay, another game that was revealed, although it's been rumored for a long time, was Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil mm -hmm. 8. And uh, I know at least 75% of us <laughs> on this show are uh, big Resident Evil fans. I'm not sure about yeah. Tina. but Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm love... a fan insofar as Lucy can stay next to me and watch me play a game while shrieking. It's, that's how <laughs> gotcha. I play that, ideally. <laughs> gotcha. I loved Resident Evil 7, and it looks like this one we're, we're playing the same character we played in 7. Um, yeah. And then mm -hmm. what, and Chris is back 
Yeah. And acting really stretchy. I think the cool thing about this trailer is that it really gave us a, a, a sort of a sense that we're, we're straddling the line between the old and the new. So it really, it, it, you know, you're, you're playing it like you played Resident Evil 7, uh, but it's still got some of the sensibilities from, say, Resident Evil 4, even the original Resident Evil, you've got a, like a, a mansion in there. Um, you've got like currency. Does that mean we're going to have another um, another merchant? You know what I mean? It, it, it's it, like we're seeing a lot of the sort what of eccentric buying? nature. What are you buying? We're seeing some of the eccentric <laughs> nature of the original entries come through, and that's so exciting to me. I'm hoping yeah. that I mean, village is such a scary word, right? I'm hoping village <laughs> is like a, a, an idea that they're exploring this, where it's like before it was like a mansion, and you can kind of you could kind of Metroidvania around it, right? Like you can move around and come back to where you started and kind of unlock it all, and that's what always Resident Evil has been about, like exploring. I hope this is kind of open world. You can do that in first person mm -hmm. with a Resident Evil game. You know, you can go out and explore this whole village in the snow in the winter. It's probably gonna have some shining vibes. It looks cool. And there yeah, are werewolves say the as same well. Thing. <laughs> and werewolves. Yeah. Not a cat. Uh, but I was going to say the same. I was going to say the same thing about the environment too. Like the mansion in seven felt really claustrophobic and obviously to a certain extent by design because um, that adds to the horror feel. But it definitely am looking forward to having a couple of those like uh, kind of um, really tense moments in a bigger environment um, and then be introduced to all of these insanely new creepy werewolf, zombie, whatever crossover characters that we're going to have to face up against. All right, we do need to take another quick break, but don't go anywhere because GameScoop will be right back and we'll be sharing our personal phase from the future of gaming events and some of the awesome games revealed at our own IGN Expo. Speaking of IGN Expos, we've got another one today right after the charity speed run. That's right after this. That's Expo 3 at 2.30 Pacific time. There's going to be tons of exclusive content you won't want to miss, so buckle in because there's a lot of good stuff yet to come. Welcome back to Gamescoop here on IGN Summer of Gaming. Don't forget to keep those donations to the Bail Project and World Health Organization coming. Right now, let's switch gears from the PS5 conference just for a second. Uh, earlier in this week, as uh, part of the IGN Expo, Sam and I had the opportunity to talk with uh, the folks over at Arcade 1UP. Actually, the head arc, the head 1UP, the head 1UP honcho himself. Mr. Boss, the, the final boss, the final boss of Arcade 1UP. And they revealed some new arcade cabinets on our show, which is super cool. Uh, people just go nuts for these cabinets. I think that was our most popular piece of content that day. So they revealed new cabinets. They revealed Miss Pac-Man, X-Men versus Street Fighter, Big Buck Hunter, the light gun shooting game, <laughs> and then a three-quarter pinball machine of Marvel Pinball, which is interesting uh, because Marvel Pinball was a digital pinball game that came to Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network, and now they've recreated a physical version of that with a screen. Um, so first of all, I think people are going to be super excited for Miss Pac-Man, Sam. Why? Why was this? Why is this so such a big deal? It's weird because uh, Namco designed Pac-Man, uh, Toru Iwatani designed it in uh, in Japan, and then uh, two uh, MIT students modded it and sold their mod, mm -hmm. and then Midway, who published uh, Pac-Man here, bought that mod and made Miss Pac-Man out of it. So Namco doesn't really put out Miss Pac-Man. They're, they're they kind of like are like. Mm -hmm. That's that's something else. And then the licensing is weird. And so uh, even though we think of it as like the sequel to Pac-Man, it's the biggest thing in the world to like, it's so natural to say it went Pac-Man, miss Pac-Man, right? Like it was just really hard to license this game, and put it out, but they did. And they made it pink and blue and glorious. It's so cool. It's the funniest little art yeah. package for miss Pac-Man. It's a very, very pretty cabinet. I love it. And then we're seeing a big buck hunter here. How yeah. are they handling this tech without a CRT television? 
Yeah, so I looked this That's up. Mis- so basically, okay. you know, you used to have an old old school television or a Wii remote to point at a television so it knew where things are. Like those are the two technologies. And the Wii remote used a uh, like basically you can use two candles or two infrared light sources, and then it kind of knew where you were pointing. This draws a box of pixels around the screen, and then a camera on the gun knows where you're pointing. That's basically how it works. Wow. Um, well, the cabinets are very cool. They're all coming later this year. I'm especially excited mm-hmm. for the Miss Pac-Man one. Uh, but let's share our personal favorites uh, for games we've seen so far. It could be from Sony's PS5 event or something from an IGN Expo. Uh, Lucy, let's start with you. Look, I'm bored by my answer, but I have to be truthful <laughs> to myself. Uh, Horizon Forbidden Always. West. It just like it was so. It was such a, a, a glorious thing to see. I thought that basically they were going to perhaps show a logo with a tiny cinematic. But, you know, we got so much richness in this trailer and it just, with, with the with the creatures sort of having this kind of more bio-organic form to them, uh, like the giant turtle covered in moss and the underwater sections just like excite me so much, just immediately extremely claustrophobic. And again, just this thought of being in this open world again. I loved Horizon Zero Dawn and returning to it on the PlayStation 5 it's just so exciting to me. And I'm also very super uh, super excited that Aloy is back. There was a lot of discussion as to whether or not she was kind of iconic enough as a protagonist to return, whether they were going to mix it up with someone new. But I loved Aloy. I thought she was a fantastic, fantastic character. And I'm really pleased she was important enough to Sony to return in the sequel. So I'm just all in on this one. And as uh, Sam pointed out earlier today, the lo- the logo for Horizon Forbidden West see, it does seem to have a two in it, right? Yeah, it has a two. Or I don't yeah. know if it's just, I don't know if it's just supposed to be like a subliminal thing to let you know. It it's has Horizon like a, a Roman numeral it's the two, sequel. but it's not called that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Tina, I believe uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this earlier, but I think uh, Ghostwire Tokyo was your pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, as um, as one of the resident big fans of horror, psychological horror, especially this like creepy world and set in somewhere um, that's so iconic as Tokyo, uh, it was so amazing to see it kind of evaporated of all of the um, of all of humankind and then facing uh, what are called visitors, I believe. Uh, I just loved the style, but also um, the, the setting and the way that the gameplay is represented here, where it just seems like this very like magic heavy um interesting way of, uh, of of combating all of these really creepy enemies. Um, it just looks completely my jam uh, in terms of all of those elements. Uh, and I can't wait to see more. I mean, we did see the teaser that kind of set the tone back in, I believe, mm-hmm. last year's E3. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. purely cinematic. Uh, so we finally got to see a chance of how that's going to blend, how that tone and style is going to actually blend in a gameplay uh, uh, way. And it's it looks like it's perfectly symbiotic, um, adding to that kind of depth of creepiness and and fantasy world that i love to see in games and to think it's from the creator of uh, goof troop on the super nintendo i just can't believe that (laughs) yep 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 he he had a resident evil trailer in this how weird is that i know isn't it wild somebody else is making his games now and then he put this out it's really funny i i mean i'm really i'm really stoked for this because it's such a departure for what tango has done previously and of course what shinji mikami is known for i really felt like the evil within was a successor to Resident Evil. It felt like a, the next logical step, right, for, for, for Shinji Mikami. This feels completely different. Like, it's still, we're seeing some horror stuff still. Uh, we've got a kind of Slender Man kind of trope in there. We've got the, the creepy child with no head. 
Um, but it's yeah, exactly. But as Tina said, it's very psychedelic and weird and different. And I'm yeah, I just I have no idea how you play it, but I love that Tango is going in a different direction with this one. Seems to be a lot of also magic just, from hands. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that's the technical well, that's term. Where, yes, magic from hands. <laughs> and how else eight. are you going to cast? You're going to cast a spell by waving your foot around? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Someone make that game. It's also uh, it's interesting that both um, Ghostwire and uh, Deathloop, two Bethesda games, are going ex console exclusive to PS5. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big yeah, get. A I think that that was not really like super hammered home in this showcase, mm -hmm. but you know we all kind of found out after the fact. But those are massive wins for the PlayStation Five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has thirteen exclusives, and the Xbox has five right now. Wow, but who's keeping score? <laughs> Sam, uh, all right, <laughs> Sam, what, what what would be your pick? Uh, so I picked a game that we actually uh, revealed for the first time this week, and this is not a troll pick, as Damon keeps on accusing me of. It's because we're on Game Scoop, and sometimes we talk about old games, and this game looks really cool. It's called Alex Kid, and uh, it was a game for the Master troll System, pick. and the Master System was for kids <laughs> that were very sad because they didn't have an NES. So most people didn't play this game except for a bunch of sad kids in 1987. So I'm really happy that we can all be sad kids now. No, just kidding. But no, this it looks so cool. Like I mean, it's it's an interesting game. It's it's their answer to Mario at the time, but yeah. it was all about puzzle platforming. You, you hit a bunch of cubes out of walls and climb up things and stuff like that. Um, I love the remake graphics, and I love how you can swap between a retro look and the uh, contemporary one, which you can do, which is always a cool thing. And I just think it'll be a cool bubblegum game that also has some history behind it. Sam, you'd be yeah, interested no. to know that New Zealand was not a Nintendo country. It was, yeah. a, it was a Sega country, right? So every kid who had a console had a master system. So most mm. kids in New Zealand played Alex Kidd. And so and this is crazy? like a yeah. gift to New Zealanders. Uh -huh. <laughs> Alex Kiwi. Uh, it was built into consoles at, at some point. So like every kid that even had a master system, you just turn on without a cartridge in it and it would play Alex Kidd. Isn't that crazy? Like we, yeah. we don't think of that as like something that would happen uh, in the 80s to like build in basically a, a game, but it happened with that. It's cool. That's interesting. So Alex Kidd... Uh, in Miracle World DX is a gift to New Zealanders and uh, Peter Jackson's <laughs> Lord of the Rings trilogy was a gift from New Zealanders. Yeah. You're welcome. The most impressive uh, thing I've seen so far is um, uh, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. Just like I was saying before, it's the first thing I've, that I've seen that I've been like, wow, that looks really impressive. That seems to actually be showing off the PS5's uh, I would have SSD. not predicted this being the Damie game. Really? I mean, I've, I've yeah. played Ratchet & Clank games before and enjoyed them. I think this Rift uh, mechanic right here, that just looks so cool. And I can't wait to do that. I thought you'd be all in on Stray. I mean, we already talked about Stray earlier. Stray yeah, also looks very cool. We gave cool. Stray its due. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like uh, everyone seems to really be feeling uh, that the PlayStation uh, had a really great showing yesterday. Where do you think this leaves uh, Microsoft? I think there's, uh, and it, we're expecting to get some sort of showcase for them next month in July. Uh, Tina, what do you think Microsoft needs to do to sort of keep up with Sony now that Sony has sort of taken the, uh, the torch from them and run with you know, all the, the next-gen hype? 
I mean, it helps that Sony had 37 games, um, which I believe, you know, we had we had marked that Xbox was about half of that. Uh, I imagine they have a few tricks up their sleeve that they're waiting to reveal, too. Um, I think a big part of it uh, is also the presentation quality and the fact that the conversation was very specifically focused on how many games there were and the reveal of the hardware design. So it's hard to really find any negativity in the Sony conversation around so many big reveals and so many big news drops, whereas for Xbox's last show, case at the very least, that got mired in a lot of conversation around Valhalla, uh, not presenting anything gameplay wise. People had this big expectation. Um, and I think that they developed a lot of hype that was therefore like not really met uh, at the end of the day. And that kind of withdrew a lot of the positive sentiment that they've been accruing um, since some of the negative sentiment around the, uh, you know, the, our previous, the, their previous generation. So I think they've been doing a really great job being communicative and transparent with the community. And I really respect that um, as far as their positioning goes uh, and their methodology and communicating with us goes. Um, so I think keeping up with that and a couple more games and hopefully not leading themselves into the own, their own pitfalls that they fell into a little bit there last month's reveal is the way to go for them. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Tina, Lucy, and Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with me on Gamescoop today. This is totally fun. Thanks but everybody out there, everyone out there, that about does it for the summer of gaming edition of Gamescoop. But we hope you'll stick around for our charity stream featuring Speedrunner, Hey Zeus, Here's Toast, blasting through Bloodborne, which counts us down to the third of our four IGN Expos at 2.30 Pacific time. We've got tons of brand new trailers and gameplay to share, plus IGN News Live, rounding out the day with highlights and analysis. Follow us on TikTok, donate, send us a yappa, watch us on IGN1 on your Samsung TV+. Plus. It's your summer of gaming. Enjoy it your way. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameSoup, and we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.